When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you're listening to Jay Scott, The Hook Rocks. I'm Mikey V from Chains Over Razors. And get your metal on. Good evening to you. It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Always enjoy talking rock and roll as we're going to do today. But just wanted to mention, as I always do, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. Check out some of my friends like promoter Ron Anesti, Carmen Apice, and Vinny Apice. The Hanging and Banging podcast. Always enjoy listening to those guys. The number one rated Kiss podcast with Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast. Mistress Carrie in Boston. Martin Popoff, the rock historian. Decibel Geek. They do a great job too as well. So check them out. And also check out some of my other favorite podcasts outside of Pantheon, like the Itch Rock and Radio Show, Chicks Who Love Music, Bend and Scoop, and Pod of Thunder. So give them a listen. You can check out Pantheon Pods at PantheonPodcast.com. Also on social media, Pantheon Pods on Facebook and Twitter. Check out The Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Amazon, or Apple. We are available everywhere. And don't forget to set your app to automatic downloads so you get the New latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast episode right to your phone. And also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram. Check out some of our previous episodes over the last couple of months. We just did our quarterly album review with Chris Corradetti, where we ranked the top 10 albums of the quarter. So check out who made number one on our list and some of the new bands that made our list as well that you should be listening to. And also thank you to the Groove Council Contributions Check out some other new music spotlights, too, as well, like with the Mysterines, Fortune Child, Naked Gypsy Queens, Takeaway Thieves, and many others. And check out also some great interviews like we did with Ty Tabber from King's X, as well as Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy. Next guest is a return guest. I'm happy to have him here. He is, I always mention his article in 2018, 15 bands to listen to other than Greta Van Fleet, was basically my gateway into the new emerging rock scene that is happening all around. So many bands that he mentioned, the vast majority of the bands that he mentioned are leading the way with the new wave of rock. And we're going to talk the next wave, what the bands are coming or who the bands are who are coming up after the bands like The Struts, Joyous Wolf, The Damn Truth, Classless Act, and many others that were mentioned in that article. I'd like to welcome Matthew Wake. What's happening? How are you? I'm good, Jay. Uh, thanks for having me, and I hope you're doing well too, man. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, spring is upon us. The weather's getting better outside. You know, Chicago's always got crappy winters. So, uh, and rock concerts are happening. I was just able to check out Dirty Honey and Mammoth a couple of weeks ago. Looking forward to seeing The Warning at the end of the month. Seeing Joyous Wolf, Classic Act, and Dorothy, as well as Blacktop Mojo with Buck Cherry. So, always exciting to see some rock and roll shows. But thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And, man, uh, how great a bill is that Dirty Honey and Mammoth? Uh, I know Mammoth is kind of uh, shut down with the COVID, but, uh, and, and, you know, they're not too exactly alike, you know, rising, you know, newer rock band. So it, it fits and it's new and it has that energy, but it's not, you don't feel like you're seeing the same set with maybe – you know, different at the singer wearing a different hat's the only difference, you know? Yeah, I agree. The dynamics of both bands are are really different. Uh, You know, obviously Dirty Honey, blues-based, you know, Mammoth, a little bit more of a modern sound uh, with like, you know, Alter Bridge type style and and stuff like that. But yeah, that's a great bill. Uh, Seeing the show, second time I've seen Mammoth, second time I've seen Dirty Honey, uh, it was phenomenal. The crowd was into it and a lot of young people too as well, which is Great to see. That is great to see. Because I was actually thinking about that this morning. I was like, you know, there are bands, you know, like Dirty Honey and Greta and some others. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, I'm wondering how uh, how many as things are going bigger for them, uh, how, how what the percentage of, of, you know, kind of the vintage cats like myself or like the newer kids coming out to see but that's good to see and you know before we get into whatever else you want to rap about um jay uh interesting i've seen dirty honey like three times now and they were good from the first start on that first tour or whatever that they came through the southeast but this last time you know i saw them open for the crows and i also saw them on the like uh kind of in between headlining thing or before that maybe i think a little run they're very good now, and they've uh, that singer's always been out of sight. Uh, you know, bringing that kind of high rock scream with soul and blues. But uh, the guitar player is John Notto is getting very up. If you like Slash, Page Perry, he is bringing that pretty well, and he's starting to find his own little wrinkles in that too, which are, are kind of cool and hard to do with, you know, along some long shadows there. I agree. I had John on with Tyler Baker from goodbye June late last year. Uh, they kind of did the collaborative episode. And one of the questions I asked John was the difference between playing on a club stage, like a house of blues type state, you know, the size of the stage and then going to opening up for the black crows and the difference of that, he says it is a big difference. Obviously the drummer is always the same, but having that extra space, you know, is kind of there, there is a, you got to adapt to it. There's an adaptation that you all bands must go through. I was able to see that tour as well. They were phenomenal and they really won the crowd over by the end of their set. And, you know, seeing them with mammoth again, I think every time you see them, they're getting better. I saw Mammoth last August or July, I want to say. Maybe it was June. It's that, that memory fog that everybody goes through with COVID now. Like, when did that happen? Um, but it was last summer to now. I mean, completely, completely more confident, more comfortable up there as the front man. Um, he was absolutely, they were both phenomenal. But that was a, a great show. And then the other bill that I mentioned was, is the Dorothy Classless Act Joyous Wolf bill that, I can't wait to see either. I mean, I've seen Dorothy live. I've seen Joyous Wolf uh, live a couple times. I'm looking forward to seeing Derek Day and Griffin Tucker and the rest of the guys in Cla- Classless Act. That's a good uh, bill. And that Joyous Wolf frontman is a madman. Like, yeah. uh, big pipes, big energy. Like, he's not like, uh, he's not like aping it. But if you were maybe into 10 era, Pearl Jam and maybe lost connection after that. This guy has that kind of energy, but without, you know, being like a cosplay or whatever, but um, very talented. And if they get the right songs and enough of them, look out. They have great songs. That's the thing. Like the last song they released, Fearless, is an amazing song. The one before that, Odyssey, amazing song. They do write some really, really good songs. And 
I had Nick on at the beginning when I, when I started this podcast and he's, you know, he had the influences of like James Brown and Elvis. And you can see that on stage with his antics and his, and his performance. And he's such a, and, and Derek day too. I, mean, I can't wait to see him from what I've seen on, on videos, tons of energy, uh, kind of like a madman up there. So looking forward to seeing that show. That should be a really good one. And I saw Dorothy a couple of years ago too, as well. And I like her new stuff. She's with, was it rock and records now, which is the Jay-Z record company, I think. Um, Rockefeller maybe, or something like that. Yeah, rock nation records or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she's got some support there too, as well. Uh, just ordered her beautiful blue vinyl Walmart exclusive. Don't usually buy stuff from Walmart, but <laughs> I saw that vinyl and I was like, man, that's gorgeous looking. So, uh, can't wait to see that. And then the warning who, uh, it's just been phenomenal. Those three sisters are just absolutely incredible in terms of musicianship. And man, their fan base is out of this world dedicated. Uh, Dude, I need to check them out because that reminds me because uh, I read Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey was like raving about them and saying how they've done some shows and they were awesome. And okay, I definitely have to now if you dig them too. Yeah, I mean, their their EP that they released, I think it was October, it was in the fall. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Great sound, great musicianship. And anytime they come on the show, their fans just, you know, take it to another level. And then I was talking to another podcaster, Aaron, from the Itch Rock and Radio show. They were on the live stream for the Welcome to Rockville Festival last year. And they were playing, I think, on Sunday. The warning was playing on Sunday. Their fans were in the live stream chat waiting for them on Friday. They were, like, ready to go, waiting for this band. And that international presence of, you know, that fan base they have is really going to propel them to, to superstardom, I think, in my opinion. Interesting. The warning. I'll check it. Yeah. you'll. I think you'll enjoy I mean, great, uh, great stuff. I mean, for, I think they're all under 21 or 22. Man, they can they, they they really do have some musicianship. And then the other show, Buck Cherry, but Blacktop Mojo is the opener, who I absolutely love and think they kick ass too as well. Their last album was absolutely phenomenal. And you know, uh and you know, Jay, uh a cool thing about these rock bands right now, these young ones, like in Slash from GNR Guns N' Roses recently in an interview, he's like the cool thing about the young rock bands now, they really, they're doing it because they love the music. Because if they wanted to get big bucks, they'd be uh, putting together like pop groups or being a rap producer or trying to be, you know what I mean? Like the people who are in it now, uh, I, I think the young kids, are they really love this kind of rock and roll and they want to put their energy in kind of little small twist on it and you know, those are good reasons, you know, if you have talent in there too, uh, you know, you know, I mean, the whole yesteryear cliche of, you know, dudes getting into it for, you know, the free booze and chicks, like, I, I don't think that's as much of a thing. I think it's more like they really love rock and roll. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, the dedication it takes to not only being a band and write music and perform, but you also now have to be a, a social media guru, right? You've got to be, you know, someone that's willing to go out there and, and uh, you know, get on social media platforms, connect with your fans, because that never used to be that way. And it's definitely, um, you know, the way it is now. So that's definitely, we've seen these bands, like you said, going out. I mean, I've seen some bands that play, when they first come through Chicago, there's maybe 20 people there, 25 people. Next time you see them, there's 40, 50. And it's, I love that to see that build and that momentum. Oh yeah, man. And that, you know, organic's a word that's thrown around a lot, but you know, natural building up like that. Yeah. Know, fans excited, you know, it truly is an underground movement. I mean, when you think of it, you know, there's, there's no MTV videos, there's very little radio play, if any. Uh, you have people trying to redefine what rock and roll is. I just got sent uh, some some guy who 
claims to be or like people claim to be like the future of rock and roll and it doesn't sound anything like rock and roll um so yeah i mean there's there's things that are just chipping away at that at that stone if you will of what rock is and you've got bands like we've mentioned that just keep that flag going and and, and keep that uh, fire burning for rock and roll and it's great to see and i think eventually when these legacy acts go away because they are within the next 10 years, they're not going to be touring anymore. Originally I had thought Foo Fighters would be the one that would kind of bridge that gap, but who knows what'll happen with them now. Uh, it's, I, I think there's going to be that, that hunger is going to grow more. And I think I always believe out of something bad, something good happens. So if all these legacy acts, acts start to kind of get off the stage, where's that rock band going to go? And I think they're going to start turning more and more to the new the new wave of rock the emerging rock scene that's that's uh, a good theory and you know, yeah the, terrible about you know with taylor and the foos and um they certainly seemed like the ones one of the few from the 90s late mid to late 90s i guess that uh you know a lot of those big bands unfortunately the front men you know are no longer with us and you know, while the, uh, you, you know, uh, STP or Alice in Chains, they still have a lot of musical talent in there and fans who love them. But, you know, without Scott Weiland or Lane Staley, you know, with them, they they would be moving on to arena legacy acts and, you know, filling those, you know, as the 70s and 80s and 60s bands kind of uh uh you know fade out or whatever uh, so yeah it'll be interesting um so uh you know it all comes down to songs and singers and charisma and you know uh and i think this outsider status of rock you know i think you know people people talk about uh you know gnr uh guns and roses kind of like um adding the edge back to rock back at the height of sunset strip of kind of glam uh metal kind of era but i think a thing people kind of uh, it'll be interesting to me like you know that kind of danger that made was so it's so alluring you listen to appetite i mean you couldn't make that album if you a bunch of vegans teetotalers who go to bed at 9 p.m. and get up at 5 p.m. couldn't have made Appetite for Destruction, you know? And that kind of lifestyle, um, you know, what we know about it and, you know, how people get hurt, not only the people in it, but the people around them, it's not. But the fact of the matter is that lifestyle has fed a lot of, you know, incredible rock albums. So it'll be interesting to, to me to see how, this new generation, and I've talked to like Mark LaBelle from uh, Dirty Honey, who, you know, he loves GNR and stuff like that, but uh, bringing that sense of danger and that rock edge in the world we live in now is going to be a little different, and it'll be interesting to see how the songwriters figure out how to bring that, that it's so alluring in rock, man, you know, like, but how to bring that in the world we live in now that, you know, might, you know, the old kind of danger rock elements maybe not really work or go over these days. So, but the cats will figure it out, man. Yeah. I think the more they embrace the rock and roll, I don't want to say lifestyle, you know, because people misconstrue that, you know, I, we don't want anybody to get addicted to heroin and, and, uh, you know, be an, be an addict, but that, that persona that once existed on stage, you know, whether it was Daily Roth, whether it was Axl Rose, whether it was even plant with, you know, the swagger of his hips or whatever, you know, if, if bands start doing that, you know, Mark's come a long way as well with his presence. You know, Luke Spiller is absolutely phenomenal from the struts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Reese, like we mentioned, Derek Day, and there's others too as well. I mean, everybody's got their own, but I think it also too, there's a default to be nice. And that's great, right? That's great. But you can be nice, but you can also have that 
that rock star personality. I, I remember an interview I watched with Martha Quinn and she talked about interviewing David Lee Roth and she said, you could ask him a question, but he was going to answer it however he wanted to answer it, whether it answered your question or not. He already was going to say whatever he wanted to say. And your parents, when you came in and saw him being interviewed, they told you to turn that idiot off the TV, right? (laughs) But that made you want to watch it more. Like, my parents don't like this. This is kind of badass. I'm like, I want to watch it. There needs to be more of that. You know, there needs to be more of that edginess. Um, And I think it's hard to do, too, with social media because you have to connect with your fans. And everybody in these days is kind of overly sensitive sometimes. Um, so it can be taken the wrong way, but, you know, if you have hip hop artists or, you know, some of these new wave of rock artists or new, you know, like it's not really new, but like, you know, the kid rock thing, you know, they embrace it and people love it. So I don't think it's such a, it's a, it's a horrible thing if, if more bands do that. Yeah. And you know, the the rappers now, I mean, like every time I see them, like these guys have, cool haircuts they have the cooler clothes they're dating the best famous chicks um you know partying like i mean it's like wow this is like uh rockers you know but um but uh you know uh and i think that outside edge of rock i think in terms of bringing that dangerous kind of appeal back a little more uh, I think, you know, rock being an outsider kind of genre, I think, you know, cats can have a chip on their shoulder when they get on the stage. Like, you tell me Axl Rose didn't have a major freaking chip on his shoulder oh, when they were coming up. Yeah. So yeah. instead of maybe your history or what's going on with your life or, you know, where you come from and some strife there, you know, I I think, you know, you'll see some of these rockers tap into, oh, Yeah rock no one wants rock you know on the grammys no one wants rock in the mainstream well i'll show i'll show you mfers you know chip on the shoulder never underestimate chip on the shoulder plus talent man it's i still remember slash and duff winning an award the american music awards oh yeah they were drunk on stage and there was this big controversy where they got banned from the american music awards Every kid in junior high and high school was talking about it the next day. And you may, and, and people who hadn't heard them yet wanted to check them out. You know, who's this band Guns N' Roses? They got banned from the American Music Awards. Like I said, I, I don't want anyone to, you know, become an addict or, or whatever, but there is, if the edginess works right, it can work for you, you know, and, and it can make kids. If, if your kids, if the parents start telling you to turn it off, they're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because I think every generation needs that rock and roll that they can share some uh, um, rock and roll stuff with their parents, like music they like. But they also need their bands that piss their parents off, or their parents are like, "Turn that leave off," or "That guy's an idiot," like you were saying earlier. Or they think they're dangerous or terrible. Like, like for me, like my mom and I both like the Almond Brothers. Uh, she will listen to the Almond Brothers with me, but you know, Appetite for Destruction or Jane's Addiction, you know, Ritual Dila, Habitual, you know, that wasn't. That's you need some stuff that freaks your parents out. You can enjoy some rock together, but the kids need some rock that freaks their parents out, even if their parents. But the thing is, now the parents, you know, were Alice Cooper fans or GNR fans or even older now, I guess like Marilyn Manson fans or something. Or Ozzy fans. Right. It it it, I'm amazed at where Ozzy was when I was a kid and thought of by I mean I had to sneak those albums in my house to becoming like this public figure, this pop culture figure that he became accepted by mainstream. And I'm like, this is surreal because Man, I, I I would get this album confiscated in, in school if I got caught with it. If I got caught with Bark at the Moon or something like that, or The Ultimate Sin, I went to Catholic school. Like I would never see that album again or that cassette again. It'd be gone. So yeah, and of course, you know, everyone knows Ozzy's history, but it, it's yeah, we need that that uh, that 
person or that group that pisses off the parents because man, that will, that will just drive the popularity with, with the kids because, you know, people want to listen to stuff that their parents tell them not to, you know, just, they want to watch stuff that your parents tell you not to watch or what, what to read or whatever, just the way it is being a teenager. And if you get that teenage audience, that audience will grow with you for the rest of your career. Uh, totally. Because they have their, uh, that music is what they're listening to when they experience all the first big things in life, you know, uh, their first, you know, friends that are like family to them, their first, you know, uh, like romantic kind of situations, their first catching a buzz, like uh, their first real hard. Yeah. And also I think if your are it freaks your parents off, it's all yours. Like, yeah. you know, you do, you're not sharing, you, sh- you may share the Allman brothers with your mom, but Jane's addiction is yours, man. Like it's and, true. Um, very true. Yeah. So, so what, uh, what are your, what, are, what are you listening to now of new bands that you think, you know, after this initial wave came through and yeah. we're starting to see those bands do something, become something, you know, they've got a few albums under their belt. I know, you know, classes act that was on your list finally is going to release an album. They've been kind of searching for new bandmates. People kind of been going in and out. Yeah. Sadly, Bishop Gunn is no longer, which just breaks my heart because I, I love that band and I love Travis and I know Travis has a new band coming out soon. Um, but who are, who are you listening to? Who are some of the bands that, you know, if you were to put, a list up of who the next wave is, where would you go with that list? Okay. So one that wasn't on that list from uh, 2015 of, uh, excuse me, 2018, of uh, 15 newer rock bands to listen to besides Greta Van Fleet, who I do like a lot, uh, by the way. So there's this one that kind of is a little higher above the rest for me. And there are these two, they're a duo from, Canada and um, these these rockers called Crown Lands and it can't, I always I, my elevator pitch is it's Rush meets Wolf Mother like Rush Mother you know like uh, you know these kind of uh, adventurous sounding music the high vocals um, and uh, lots of color among you know, generated by these two people. It's like, you know, like Rush back in the day with Getty working the foot pedals as well as playing the bass and maybe even the keyboards. Like, you know, they've got, they're both kind of octopus with different instruments and stuff, the two members of the band. Um, And they're opening for Greta on this arena tour. And I think they're going to win over a lot of fans. The live album uh, that they put out recently, Crown Land, Uh, very strong and I think it's by far uh, the best uh, better than any of the um, studio EPs and stuff they put out because like Kiss Alive or like uh, at Film East with the Almonds it's kind of like a early greatest hits but a little more raw sounding so it's it makes for a compelling thing so Crown Lands by far my my top one out of that. Um, Great band. Great band. I've had them on. Love their sound. Love White Buffalo. I love to watch a band that keeps growing with every release. You know, um, the, the, the song structure, the arrangements, the songwriting. Crownlands is absolutely phenomenal. It's interesting that with them, too, because a lot of duos, uh, whether it's the Black Keys or another band I'm going to talk about here in a sec, they eventually add another member or another members or at least touring auxiliary musicians. But if crown lands, if crown lands adds more musicians, they kind of got to add two. Cause if they just asked add one, the rush thing is just going to stick to them. Like, you know, Velcro, I think, um, but cool band, cool songs, cool vibe. I can't wait to see them open for, uh, Greta. Another one I was going to talk about, and I've got a couple of other friends who are big on these cats too. They're called the Cold Stairs, um, a duo. Um, bluesy, 
Um, but, you know, a lot of kind of, you know, in the wake of the Black Keys, a lot of people really aped their sound, even if the vocals sound different, that kind of basic but danceable groove, but the fuzz bass guitar and all that stuff, it sounded, there was a lot of that. Uh, and even of, you know, some bands that are pretty big, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but, um, but the cold stairs are bluesy and new, but it doesn't ape that fuzz box heavy uh, kind of, uh, you know, um, mid-period Black Keys sound. Um, and they just added a bass player. It was the drummer and the guitar player and, you know, vocals. But And I think that's a great move because um, I think it can open up a lot of, you know, live things for them. And, you know, they figured out how to pull it off live and on records, but uh, I, I, and they have some good songs and as they get their songs, you know, and keep improving the hooks and stuff like they've got good guitar playing, good bluesy feel, good, good grooves, uh, solid vocals. I think Jay uh, cold stairs are another one to watch. Yeah, Chris Tapp has an amazing story uh, of perseverance and what that band went through. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing them live for the first time last summer. And first of all, they're, the, 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 the drummer is absolutely phenomenal. And the bottom end that they have, that they're able to get with you know a, a two-member band, a, two, a duo. I don't know of any other duo that has a bottom end like that. Whatever Chris did with his sound, was is absolutely phenomenal but yeah i agree their last album i think it was heavy shoes it's absolutely phenomenal yeah. i know they're working on a new oh. one right now so um and they just did their first european tour i think they went to belgium and austria and they were very well received so that was good for them and uh i gotta give credit to my friend uh jason who does the all things uh blues and southern rock uh podcast he kind of clued me into them early on so. great podcast yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. Uh, and uh, Brian also uh, working on that one, um, that podcast. So another one. Uh, they're making waves and they deserve to. A little more modern rock sound in the music. But the vocals takes me right back to 1975. Heart is the talented ladies based in New York State. Plush toured with Slash. Um you know, getting to on all these good tours, um, plush, they can play that the self-titled debut album, I thought was one of the best rock albums of, you know, last year. Uh, they, they work, they're professional, they're nice, young, you know, musicians. Um, they have a cool look, um, but they can really play, really sing, uh, you know, they're working and getting out in front of people and, um, I can tell you after they opened for uh, Wolfgang W.A., Wolfgang, excuse me, Mammoth, <laughs> Wolfgang, uh, Mammoth, WVNA, Mammoth, WVH. <laughs> God, man, not enough coffee. Fronted, of course, by Wolfgang Van Halen. They opened here for them. Plush did. It, but I had a deadline. I couldn't get that. I wanted to see Plush so bad, but like, and, uh, Mammoth toured up, sounded great. Doing that Tool meets Foo Fighters meets Ultra Bridge thing you're talking about. But after the show, I ran into like three or four industry people, like that I'm friends with, that are in this, you know, my neck of the woods, and they're like, "Did you see Plush?" Because they, I mean, and you're talking about Mammoth, who's definitely one of the most buzzed about newer rock bands, and then people are talking about the opening band. I mean, that's some talented uh, musicians, right? I've, interviewed them they're all great and i uh i would be shocked if they don't again it's a little more active rock they like to say on the radio formats kind of but um I, I've, I i would expect big things from them big things yeah i agree they're they're extremely talented they're extremely young and whenever you get a young band like that it's exciting to see how they evolve because an artist at that age is still evolving and I do think they're probably still searching for their sound, although this last album was absolutely phenomenal. 
But as they evolve, they're going to just be better and better. And that's going to be an exciting band to watch for sure. Great songs. Like I said, I, I think the album made my top 30 of last year or yeah. And um, man, the sky's the limit for, for all four of those girls. Totally. And you know, uh, most people tie in how they tie into music. A lot of them is that lead vocal and Mariah, Holy smokes. She's got pipes. So uh, yeah, look out for plush. Another one. I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit of a Homer here. And uh, some young Alabama cats in their early 20s. They're a band called 53 Judges. And um, uh, they have kind of this Alice in Chains meets STP sound. And the front man is a dead ringer visually uh, for like pre-fame Axl Rose. Sorry, that's my cat, Max. Look out, Max. You're not on this program. so uh, the band 53 Judges, their lead singer, uh, he looks like if you see photos of Axel from the bands like Rapid Fire he was in before he got in Guns N' Roses and L.A. Guns, looks exactly like him. They bring it on stage. You know, they look like guy, headbands are involved. Like they look like they might put their cigarette out on your dog. Like, you know, um, and they have good songs. And uh, good, good song, good singer, bring it in a live thing. And they kind of hit that early 90s uh, rock thing. So look out for 53 Judges. Not heard of them, so I will definitely check them out. So looking forward to that recommendation. Cool. Uh, another one I like, you know, this band called River Ghost. Um you know, I, I heard the first single and I thought, it, or the first to me single, and I thought it was solid, but um, I, the next song I heard from them, I thought was pretty hot. It's called Fruit on the Vine, and it reminds me of, a you know, maybe kind of like uh, that band Cry of Love that Oddly Freed was in, uh, you know, the high vocals, the kind of bluesy um kind of post-tumble pie, but maybe not quite as gospel on the vocals, but um, River Ghost, Fruit on the Vine, kind of some wah-wah-laced Southern hard rock. Interesting. I've not heard of them either. I got to check them out. Um, Yeah, so uh, that's one I'd recommend for sure, at least that song. Um, Another one, the name I'm not crazy about in... Like the look is like, you know, it looks like dudes that you, they don't look necessarily like dudes that you would uh, expect to be making this music. Maybe that like you shoot pool with in a, uh, the local tavern, but uh, this band called the LA maybe. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I've heard a couple of their songs and it's like Brian Johnson, ACDC is what I heard. Like, and that shit ain't that stuff isn't easy to sing and and yeah the names kind of i'm like uh in the uh you know the look maybe uh not what you'd think of for this but but you know brian johnson he's just a looks like a dude you'd be in the uh line behind at the convenience store with like a sixer of like a lower brow you know, like, so Schlitz. the LA maybe I, I, have you listened to Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Schlitz. <laughs> yeah. I've heard them. Uh, my son actually introduced me to them. Uh, their album is more than that ACDC sound. So that's the okay. initial, that's the initial impression I got too. Yeah. But I also think they changed singers like last year. Ah, really? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I haven't seen it officially, but they had um they had a picture of them on their website, and it didn't look like the former or the or the original lead singer that I had you know seen in the video or the or the press kit or whatever. So I don't know what's going on with them. They were supposed to release two albums last year. They only released the one. So I did see their name on some festivals. So I think they're still active, but. I don't know how they're going to sound with the new singer. So that should be interesting. Wow. Uh, but that album was great though. That, that debut album was fantastic. Uh, you got, you could, they really do get away from that ACDC after those first two initial tracks that they released. 
Well, cool. Just gives me an excuse to dig yeah. in deeper. Thanks for that, Jay. Um, who I know, you know, after that, uh, this is a little different. It's a little more, I think, 60s influenced, like maybe Birds meets Velvet Underground, kind of. This band from New Orleans called Silver Synthetic. They had a debut album on Jack White's Third Man Records. Um, I've seen them live. And again, not as much hard rock, but maybe, you know, uh, a little more music you listen to on like a sunny day drive or to throw the Frisbee with your dog uh, sort of thing. Um, uh, kind of jangly, cool guitar playing, but uh, not as like hard edge. And uh, so, uh, and Third Man does some, cool, usually does cool stuff. So Silver Synthetic from New Orleans. Okay, you need to check them out. Um. You know, after that, you know, I mean, Aaron Jones is making waves, you know, kind of like uh, soulful alternative rock is how I would sum, sum that up. Um, uh, you know, this band called Naked Gypsy Queens. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, they had that this video I saw, and I think it was them. It's, they had that video, it's like, it looks like, Southern Harmony Black Crows stumbled onto the video set for uh, live, Motley Crue's Livewire. Yeah, like yeah, candelabras. No, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, I mean, ab- like, yeah, totally. They're actually opening up for Dirty Honey on the final four dates. I think that's a great pairing, and I yeah. think um, uh, Naked Gypsy Queens. I think is one. I, you know, again, they have something there. They need to pull something more out of it to, you know, mm-hmm. go up a little bit in terms of like their career. But I think they have it in them if they work at it and get with the right people and, you know, all that, whether that's producers or engineers or, uh, but there is something compelling there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I uh, the, the EP that they just released, you know, it's good when you want more, you know, it's good when you're like, ah, oh, it's only like four or five songs. I want more music. Uh, but yeah, they're an absolutely fantastic band. That singer's phenomenal. The guitar player's phenomenal. It'd be interesting to see what impact these four dates with Dirty Honey has for them. Because I think they're still kind of trying to figure out and na- navigate you know, where they want to go in terms of the live show and playing live. But this is definitely a great opportunity for them. 100%. Um, and you, know, uh, you bring up EPs. I love this trend. Dirty Honey, EP first. Greta, EP first. Like, um, I, I think it is because I can't tell you at, at home, Jay, like I listen to a lot of vinyl and I have for a long time, but a lot of times I'll listen to one side of an album and then I'll put on another band's album. Like five songs is good. Like, and then you think back to, you know, it's a little different type of music than what we've talked about, but that self-titled rat. Yes, I was, I was just EP. thinking that. Yeah, when you said that. It's so freaking good. And it makes it's it's good, but like you said, Jay, it makes you want more. Yeah. Like no filler and just cool and has that kind of, you know, we're talented, but we haven't got you know, we're we're still living in crappy apartments and maybe our car doesn't work and maybe we've worn worn the same shirt for four days. But like um yeah. Yeah. I, I I love the EP thing. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, how cool is it of a band, you know, like, uh, and, you know, management and all that, uh, you know, booking companies, who's on the same, all that stuff. But like, I think it's awesome that they would uh, give a band uh, that like Naked Gypsy Queens, who's, you know, uh, somewhat in that same band width, but lower on the food chain, chain that they would bring them out and give them a stage and an audience, man. I mean, that's, I, I, uh, you know, a lot of that went on, whatever. I love eighties hard rock and metal. Some people aren't into it, but, um, uh, a a lot of those bands, a lot of those tours had two interesting bands on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You'd see, uh, freaking, uh, Bon Jovi opening up for rat, you know, or like, uh, and whatever you think of those bands, that's great. I happen to like them. But the fact of the matter is, like, uh, you saw a lot of times two good bands on the same 
you know, ticket. So, uh, yeah, I, I, naked gypsy queens. I, I could see some of them, you know, uh, maybe uh, shaking some heads. Yeah, great band. Um, have you heard of the band Fortune Child? Fortune Child? No. What's up with that? Oh, you got to check out Fortune Child. Great band from Jacksonville. Uh, their album that they released last quarter was my number three on my top albums of the quarter. Fantastic guitar player, drummer, singer, band. It's They're just absolutely phenomenal. Wow. Um, so Jacksonville, Florida, right? Yep. That's like the biggest 70s hotbed of Southern rock. Are they Southern rock, hard rock? What's the They're like thing? blues rock. I wouldn't oh, cool. classify them as Southern rock, but they, I mean, they have elements of it, but I would, I would say more blues. If I was to go with Southern rock, three new bands, I think are doing a hell of a job is them dirty roses. Yes. From Alabama. I saw them live. That's yeah. like Van Halen meets the Allman brothers. I mean, they're wow. taking shots on stage. They're having a good time. Fantastic band. They just put out a new song today. Uh, another one is Magnolia Bayou. That's an absolute phenomenal band from Mississippi, near where uh, Bishop Gunn, uh, you know, started and where they began. And then the other one is Georgia, the Georgia Thunderbolts. Yeah. Fantastic Southern rock band. Those three right there, I think, are absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I've, I've had conversations with Travis over the last few months. He's got his new thing, Travis McCready and the Tramp, which uh, from what I've heard, the music that he sent me sounds really, really good. You know, hopefully he's he's able to get something out this year. But that's another one that I'm looking forward to as well. He's Travis McCready is a hell of a, a soulful rock singer, um, maybe even more of a soul singer than a rock singer. I saw him in a solo show maybe a month, two ago, uh, um, my friend Glenn Maxey, the original bass player from Brother Kane, who's re- re- reuniting with Brother Kane uh, for some uh, shows this year and a tour next year. But he plays bass in uh, Travis's solo band or during this period, mm-hmm. you know, and I uh, went and saw them. Travis, incredible singer. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, he's kind of like a mad scientist up there. Like he'll, he's playing electric guitar, then all of a sudden he'll go sit down on the keyboards, then he'll sit the guitar down on the ground and play it on the ground. He'll play the harmonica, he'll sing for it. was like, it was, if he, if he gets focused, if you could focus that talent, you know, like obviously they did with the Bishop Gunn stuff, like guy is very, very talented. He is a true artist. 100%. Yeah. And his voice, I've said this to many people, out of all those bands and of all those artists that came you know, out a few years ago, his voice, in my opinion, is the best. Like, there's so much depth, so many layers in that vo- voice and tone that he has. Um, man, it makes you just feel something. You don't know what it is, but it makes you feel something when he sings. And that last album that they released, the last, you know, the swan song for um bishop gun gypsy cadillac is just a phenomenal phenomenal record i keep telling them i go dude you should release that on vinyl and uh do different color schemes and people would buy that stuff because they still have a very rabid fan base too as well they did and you know um uh it's interesting you know we think of you know uh whether uh not to name drop his name a bunch but like Think of how driven like Axl Rose or even as, you know, kind of nonchalant rock cool as Slash was. You're talking about very driven people. Um, whereas like I know for a fact from, you know, people that have been around him, Travis McCready, he didn't he he, he didn't care if he pl- ever plays for a thousand people, more than a thousand people ever again, as long as he's doing what's in what he wants to do and what he feels powerful about. And, you know, I, I think you can there's a potential there to uh, spin off into uh, not reaching your potential, but there's also potential to, you know, uh, not, you know, uh, to do exactly what you want and fulfill a vision. And maybe that's uh, some, you know, connects with a lot of people too. So interesting. Yeah, yeah no, he, um, yeah, he, there is a genius to him. And uh, I, I appreciate that, that idea that he has where, he doesn't care if he's playing in front of 50, 100, or whatever. 
Um, he will, uh, he wants to do what he wants to do and he has his vision and he wants to see that through. Uh, another artist that I like out of Nashville is Amy Darling, who is kind of part of that Tuck Smith type of group that, that's been playing out in the South. She's got some great talent. It's kind of like a Faces and Rolling Stones influence. She's fantastic. Amy Darling. Amy Darling. Okay, cool. Yeah, Faces and Stones, man. That's yeah. the wheelhouse for my ear. Uh, another one that's out in... They've been around for a while, but they're, they have a new album coming out here, too, in the spring and summer. But they've been around for a few years. Black Moods are fantastic. Um, Josh Kennedy is a singer. They're a three-piece band. They opened up for the Dead Daisies on the last tour last year. Um, they were great. Gosh, there's so many um, you know, bands from the, the, the U.K. That are, that are really making some noise. There's actually a U.K. band coming and touring America this spring called the Mysterines which is kind of like this punk type, uh, grungy punk type of sound. And their singer, Leah Metcalf, she's got some pipes too. And she's, she's got a really ornery way about it, a typical British ornery way, which is, uh, which is really cool and kind of a throwback. But they've got a really cool sound. Their album that just released last quarter called Reeling, that was really good. Uh, I like the Dust Coda. They've got a really good sound. Takeaway Thieves is like that sleaze rock kind of influence. They're from the UK. Nice. Um, man, there's so many. Uh, Those Damn Crows, band out of uh, Sweden called uh, Wolf Mother, all female band. That's absolutely phenomenal. Wait, there's another band called Wolf Mother? Oh, I'm sorry. Thunder Mother. Thunder Mother. Thunder Mother. Yes. Yes. Um, well, that, yeah, man. Thunder Mother. That's a. That's a. That definitely sounds like you better bring some oomph with that name. Well, you've got a huge ACDC influence with uh, with Thunder Mother. So they're they're really good. Um, I know some of my friends are going to listen to this and they're going to say, how come you didn't mention this band? But there's just so many. I like this band in the UK called Bestet. They're very good. Uh, female fronted band. Uh, of Limbo, who's also from Long Beach, uh, similar to Joyous, Joyous Wolf. They're really good. Man, there's just so many. Uh, Hellbot. Oh, you got to check out Hellbot. They're from Seattle. Fantastic Hellbot. band. Yeah. Uh, just blows me away. Uh, a, a really good metal band that's kind of old school metal, not the Cookie Monster screaming metal, is the band The Age of Truth out of Philadelphia. Their mm. last album a masterpiece absolute masterpiece they're fantastic but yeah there's so many trying to think of other stuff too as well that i i like listening to geez there's so much to to choose from i'm probably gonna kick myself for forgetting you know some bands that are out there um uh they've been around for a little bit but they've never really broken through uh, but they're not, uh, uh, I don't think, veterans. The Dead Deads out of Nashville. Yes, fantastic all, band. Awesome all band. All-female trio, kind of uh, poppy, kind of punk rock, uh, hard rock, um, some catchy songs. And I, I'm I'm dying to my friend uh, Katie Heron plays bass for them. Um, excuse me, plays drums. Sorry about that, Katie. Um uh, I, they're opening for the, the darkness. I think they'll go over really well opening for the darkness on this tour. Um, uh, yeah, the dead deads. Yeah, no, I agree. They're, I saw them open for Candlebox last yeah. year. And they were great. Love that album. Tell your girls it's all right. Just a fantastic yeah. album. Uh, sweet girls too, as well. I mean, pleasure to talk with. I've talked with Meta, the singer. And Daisy, the bass player, uh, you know, phenomenal people. Always enjoy, you know, talking with them. Check out, oh, Jack J. Hutchinson, which is this guitar player from the UK. He's really good. Um, Scarlet Rebels are really good. They're on Earache Records. The Temperance Movement, uh, they're no longer, I don't know if they're no longer, they, they, they don't have the singer now. So hopefully they'll be able to figure that out. But their singer was so definable with their sound. I was able to see them in, in Tyler Bryant in Chicago. They were on a, on a bill together running through. But man, there's just so many great new bands and great new artists. I also think, you know, uh, as we're seeing more and more 
you know, uh, rock is maybe losing its grip even on like the mainstream festivals, whether it's, you know, like Bonnaroo or Coachella or things like that. But there are so many great, like kind of niche uh, rock festivals, you know, that are getting these big rock acts now. And I think you'll see, you know, and, and you know, uh, Dirty Honey and Greta have certainly been doing some of this, but I think you'll see some of these bands get their shot to be on like a festival, you know, a rock festival bill, like as an undercard act, maybe a couple acts down from like, you know, uh, Guns or Kiss or, you know, uh, whoever. And I think, um, I, I think there'll be some really cool opportunities and potentially change career changing opportunities for some uh, bands. I think, you know, I think Flush is going to be on some of these bigger rock festivals. I would be shocked if, you know, they don't turn a lot of heads on that. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the other band that I was trying to think of that I couldn't is South of Eden, hmm. uh, who cool. used to be called Black Coffee. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal band. They, they had to change their name because of a trademark issue. But Ehab Amran and Justin Young, the guitar player, a great duo, great band, powerhouse vocals. Um, their, uh, their last song, Lone Riders, fantastic. I, I, I can't wait for them to, to put out an album or an EP this year. But they, they should have a new single coming out soon. But that's a band that I think, I think out of the ones we just mentioned, and they're all great bands, but I think South of Eden and I think the warning are going to be the two ones that are really the, the, the driving force of the next wave. Okay. Just because, cool. you know, just because, like I said, with the warning, they've got fantastic songs. They're young and their fan base is already dedicated. So I think as they grow, they're on Lava Records, which is the same, uh, uh, record label as Greta Van Fleet. That's a big deal. That's the first female rock band from Mexico to be on a major label that's that wow. that does say something and then south of eden just because they've got that swagger similar to you'll see they got a similar to um to gnr you know that that um attitude that you know we're gonna rock you and then we're gonna kick your ass too it, it's yeah. it's a pretty cool image so check them out too as well they've got some great songs i'm excited too man appreciate those recommendations jay and um yeah and just like we have with kind of like Greta and then you've got kind of like dirty honey, like you'll, you know, there'll be some, uh, 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 some of these, like and a couple that you suggested might be at the tip of the spear of this next wave, but you know, it's interesting, you know, whether that's getting the right label or management or on the right, uh, an opening for like a, a big band whose audience is likely to maybe uh, be in tune with them all kinds of different ways things could bounce for these acts. And in, uh, in addition to just covering their end of music and songs. So it, it's, it's rock's fun to listen to. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about. And um, uh, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think, uh, I think rock's in a, a good place. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's not the hip cool thing. Uh, and I think that's an advantage. You know, the if you would have told me prior to the pandemic rock would be in a better place during and after the pandemic because i thought the pandemic was gonna zap any momentum that was building and um i think my son said this to me one time he said you know a lot of kids my age went into the pandemic listening to hip-hop and pop music and when you're doing you know, your schoolwork and your class from your bedroom and doing the same thing every day, you needed something more. And I, he's like, I think a lot of kids found rock music during the pandemic because of that angst that was built up where they needed something with a little bit more of an edge. Wow. That's an interesting assessment. And also, yeah, you would think that because live is so essential for rock, they're not in that 1% of like pop and R&B and, uh, rap artists who can sell a lot of units stream in the billions where it's profitable for them live is everything. So yeah, that's interesting that, um, Hey man, glad the kids are getting their angst out with some rock and roll, man. Hey, didn't you? I know I did. 
I totally did. I mean, that was what it was all about. What was awesome about the Dirty Honey Mammoth show I just saw was I took my son. He met a bunch of his friends down there, down in the city. And then there was like this pool of young kids from different high schools. And they all exchanged their social media, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. And then you were driving. I was like, yeah, I met this kid from this high school, from you know these kids from that high school. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. That's how it used to be. You know, you'd be in a, in a show and you'd see guys come to different shows all the time. You'd introduce yourself. You'd start hanging out. And it was awesome to see about two and a half, three dozen kids in the center of that general admission pit area rocking out the Dirty Honey and Mammoth as, as myself and the, the old crew was sitting back by the bar. Yeah, man, that's a great sign. And uh, yeah, man, the rock tribes going. I love it. I love it. Any other final thoughts, any other final bands that uh, you want to mention? No, I think we covered a lot, you know, and, um, and the ones that there are some other, uh, I've got my eyes on, but those I kind of um, uh, are drawn to more. And you gave a lot of really cool recommendations that I haven't, I wasn't hip to, or a need to follow up on meaning to check out and, um, you know, and whatever you think of, you know, streaming and stuff and there are different sides to that and i understand them all but you can check out artists that hey you read a name whereas like if i read a name uh when i was a kid uh in a rock magazine you know of a a, a band i like maybe mention them in an interview or i mentioned in passing and you know sort of like briefs in the magazine like it cost me to check them out, you know, in the CD era, right? Like, so, um, you know, I I think a good thing all of us rock fans can do is, you know, if we hear these recommendations or a new band or uh, a rock band, check their stuff out, stream it. If you dig it, buy the record, buy a t-shirt, buy a concert ticket, uh, you know, buy a show ticket, but um, it's a good time to uh, this is a good time to be a, a ex- exploration minded rock fan. So get out there and dig in. And, and that's to myself as well. Awesome. Awesome. Final thoughts. One more band for you. As you were talking, I just thought of check out Mojo Thunder. Mojo Thunder. They're from Kentucky. Cool. They're awesome. 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 Well, Matt, it's been a blast. Always love doing this. It's been a while since we did it, but thank you for coming back on the show. Always love your opinions and, and enjoy checking out the bands you mentioned like you did today. And uh, thanks again. Oh, Jay, uh, had a great time. Thanks for having me. And uh, man, looking forward to digging into some of these tunes. Thanks, man. Thank you. Everybody, that's Matt Wake. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Hey, uh, yeah, so I'm a uh, staff writer at AL.com, which is the website for the Birmingham News, uh, Huntsville Times, Mobile Press Register. Uh, I also freelance a little bit uh, for a guitar player, a little bit for spin. Uh, got something coming out with uh, Ultimate Classic Rock. I've written for Rolling Stone, was a freelance writer for a couple of years for LA Weekly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow, find my, uh, you can follow me at Twitter at, uh, Matthew B. Wake, uh, is my handle. And, uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, there, or maybe, uh, uh, looking through the crates at the local, uh, record store. You might find me there too. Awesome. All right, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. Thanks for listening. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.